Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Psalms 127. Psalm 127. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit more about our uh, home makeover. We talked about the importance of blueprints last week and how uh, we've got to have a blueprint, blueprint for our Christian life, just like you have to have a blueprint for your home, and how important it is that you use those blueprints and how you uh, uh, make sure you have your home set out exactly the way it needs to be, and you don't you don't just simply say, you know, I think it'd be great to have a wall right here, or, or it'd be great to have a, a a door right here without first consulting the blueprints, without first making sure that when you make that door or window or wall or whatever it is that you're gonna you're not taking out a load bearing wall, or you're not opening up a an area that'll. Uh, 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 make it difficult to to uh, uh, form the rest of your home. You got to go by the blueprints. Make sure that your blueprints are uh, uh, done correctly, so that you'll have a, a a good, safe home. And then once you get your blueprints out and you and you make your make sure that your uh, um, foundation is is secure and that you have your foundation. Uh, proper, you need to then uh, work on the rest of your home, and and you go by framing it up. You got to. It's important when you frame up your home because your frame is what it's like the bones of the house, isn't it? I mean, it's just uh, you uh, you build everything else on that frame. It doesn't matter if you're going to have a stick home or if you're going to have a brick home. You got to have a good frame. And you use that framework to to build everything uh, and everything that you put in your walls and and your uh, where you, and that's where you put all of your wiring and that's how you uh, uh, you build your home is with a good framework as well. It's almost as important. It is as important as a good foundation. You got to have a good foundation, and that that uh, uh, blue those blueprints uh, give you that sure foundation. And then you you have to have a a good framework in order to build the rest of your home on. So we're going to talk about that tonight, and we're going to look at that. Look with me in Psalm one twenty seven, if you will. It says, "Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain." that build it except the lord keep the city the watchman walketh but in vain it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows for so he giveth his uh, beloved sleep lo children are a heritage of the lord and the fruit of the womb of uh, is his reward as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are the children of the youth happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them and they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate 
what this all is about is is building of the home and that, and what's central to building of the home is <coughs> excuse me is the next generation he talks about children how important children are and and I feel like a lot of times um <coughs> If we're not careful in the church, we can see children as a hindrance rather than the blessing that they are. What are we talking about in terms of our uh, uh, preparation for our uh, uh, Easter extravaganza, uh, Easter egg hunt, all this spring spring event uh, that we're going to have? It's all about uh, bringing children in, and and we do the same thing for uh, vacation Bible school. The importance of bringing children in, and uh, we can't have a, a a a growing, healthy, vibrant church if we don't have children. Because if we don't have children, what's going to happen? We die off exactly. If we don't have children, we don't have. Uh, uh, we we don't have a, a a generation to pass on the things that we've learned. Uh, we don't have a group of of people that are going to rise up and take our place. It's important to to have children in the church because if we don't have children here in the church, then we don't have young families. We don't have younger people. We don't have uh, people that are going to grow up and take our place in the church. And and we've got to have uh, we have a legacy to carry on. And so it's important for us to to share that that message of Jesus Christ with another generation, the message of Jesus Christ with those who are young that will take the, that message of Christ and, and apply it to their lives and allow Jesus to, to change and transform them, build them into the young uh, Christian adults that they need to be to continue to share the gospel. And so the psalmist here says, "Except the Lord build the house. It's in vain. The labor is in vain. And they that build it uh, uh, are in vain. And too often I think that we uh, in church life try to build the church ourselves. We try and say, well, what program, what, what event can we do to bring in young people and, and bring in people into our church? What uh, programs can we do in the church to bring in young people and bring in families, to bring in people into our church. What what things, and we try and do it ourselves. We try and dream up of the events. We try and dream up the programs. There's nothing wrong with events and programs. The problem is, is that we try and do it all ourselves. God's Word's telling us, look, unless we allow God to build the house, unless we allow God to build the church, we're doing it in vain. We need to focus on allowing God to build His house. God is the one who builds the church. And, and we need to be sure that we allow God to build our church. Or else all that we're doing is in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so He giveth His beloved sleep. We can lose a lot of sleep. We can lose 
uh, a lot of time and efforts trying to do things. But in the end, if we're just doing those things on our own, we're, we're just spinning our wheels. We've got to allow God to build this church and allow God to continue. First question we need to ask ourselves, do we, do we believe that God wants to build a church here? Do we believe that God wants to continue a church here? Brother Lee sent out a, a letter to a lot of our churches in our association and he said within the next 14 years if we don't do something, we're going to have half as many churches, half as many people, and half as many dollars in uh, budget spent on reaching the lost in our, commu- in our county, in our association. And unless, uh, unless something happens, unless we do something, it's going to be... A devastating few years to come. And there's going to be half as many people still in our association trying to do the work that we're doing today. The question is not what do we need to do. It's, uh, the question is, are we ready to turn it over to God? Because only God can build the church. Only God can... uh, God's the one who builds up the church. He's the one who... uh, I guarantee you, each church that's in this association felt the people who uh, were led to, to go and to establish those churches felt as though God was building the church for that community and leading them to start that church. And it was God that brought the people together to to assemble that church. And, and, and it's God that's going to bring people into this church and bring people together in this place if He is going to... If, if, if God's desire is, is for our church to survive and our church to thrive and our church to, to grow, then it's going to be God that does it, not us. And that's not to put... Some people would say, you know, well, okay, that takes the pressure off us. We just need to sit back and allow God to do that. No, that's not what it means. What it means is we need to commit ourselves fervently to following after God. Following after God's direction in our lives. Following after and seeking out God's direction for our church. God's direction for our lives. God's direction for, for what He wants to do in this place. God's got us here for a reason. God wouldn't have brought us here simply just to, to, to say, okay, we need to close up the doors and go all find another place to worship. No, I feel like God's brought us together because He wants to do a great thing in this place and He wants to continue to minister to people in this community. Sure, all these people could all go to one of the bigger churches in our association. And really, in, in all honesty, uh, those bigger churches really do need uh, all these people to go and be a part of that church because they're down in numbers too. But the the simple matter, uh, the fact of the matter is, is they, these people are not going anywhere. And if they're not going all the way down to to Southside or Union Grove or First Baptist Pelham or First Baptist Camilla, then if they're not going all that way to go to church, then uh, uh, maybe a church in their community would be an easier place for them to go. Maybe they, uh, you know, some people don't want to be, be a part of a big uh, church where they're just another person. 
They want to be a part of a church family where they can get to know everyone else and where people in, in the pew next to them care about who they are and what's going on in their life. And they want to be a part of a church where they can be involved. Uh, they want to be a part of a church that that where they have people that care about them and call them throughout the week and make sure that they're okay when they're missing we need to be that kind of church because there's a lot of people that are uh, they're hungering for a church where they can be a, uh, feel a part of. Mm-hmm. And, and the real fact of the matter is, is that the reason that this church is here is because God wants to reach the lost that are in this community, the lost that are, that are still out here in this neighborhood, in this, in this area, that are uh, finding other things to do when they need to be a part of God's house and and coming together. Uh, These people that need the gospel uh, shared with them, these people that that already know the message of Christ, but they need a place to put it in practice in their life. and And they need to find people that are genuine. I, I, the the number one reason why a lot of people don't go to church is because they feel like churches are filled with hypocrites. We need to show them that we are genuine in our faith, genuine in our understanding of who Jesus Christ is, genuine in what we believe, and that we actually believe what God's word says, and that and we put it in. A, uh, we believe and act upon the things that we say that we believe. If you just simply say, you know, uh, we love people and we and we care about them, but all we do is sit here waiting for them to come, then we don't really love people. If we really love people, we'll go out and tell them about Jesus Christ. We'll go out and and knock on doors and and say, hey, are you in there? We we know that you're there. We want you to come and be a part of our church. We want you to to know how much we love you. Uh, You know, the real question uh, when it comes down to sharing our faith and sharing Jesus Christ with others and and whether or not we're effective in our community is, is, do you really care whether or not the people that are all around us are going to hell because they're lost or they're suffering and hurting in their homes by themselves because they don't feel like anybody cares if we really care if we really care about people if we really love these people that are all around us then we'll do something we'll do more than just simply open the door on sunday morning and say well they know where we are they'll come if they really care about coming to be a part of our church no you have to go out and 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 you have to it's it's just like brother buddy your horses uh, you can you can put all the water out you want to but sometimes you got to lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink can you? You got to lead them to the water, though, for them to know that there's water there. You, if you got to really take, uh, you got to take people by the hand sometimes and let them know that you really care about them. And we had the perfect opportunity when this hurricane came through to show the love of Jesus Christ to people in our community. And, and uh, a lot of people really were focused on, on themselves and about their own home and about their own circumstance. But we still have the opportunity to still help people. There's still people that are out there that, that have things that need to be taken care of uh, to, to restore their homes, to, to get things back in order order after uh, the storms that have gone through uh, these past 
several months even since uh, Hurricane Michael came through. But we need to do those kind of things that expresses the love of Jesus Christ and to tell people how genuine we are. And one of the things that we need to do uh, as well is we need to take a moment and look at our church through the eyes of a young couple who has some children. They're maybe two or three years old or a couple of months old, and we need to say, okay, what does this place have that, that is there for my child? You know, when you become a parent, you begin to... Uh, it's amazing how young couples, when, when they're first married or, and they're first uh, in a relationship, they may never think about going to church, but as soon as they have a child, instantly they begin to think, you know, I need to raise my child in a good Christian home. I need to get involved in church somewhere. And one of the first things they do when they uh, go to visit a church is, is, what's there for my child? What's there for, uh, 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 do, does this church have a class for my child to go and to be in Sunday school? Does this church uh, just throw something together at the last minute when they see me walk in the door? Or, or do they have something planned uh, for uh, my children when they come? Uh, does, my ch- uh, does this church invest in what it takes to uh, to uh, to... Uh, minister to my child or do they uh, have stuff that's 50 years old that hadn't been uh, seen a child uh, use it in the last 20 years Um, uh, we need to begin to think about our church and 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 look at our church from the eyes of of a first-time visitor what would a first-time visitor uh, look for when they come into this place? Uh, is the church clean? Is is it organized? Do they do they have? Are they storing stuff in classrooms that are supposed to be used for uh, Sunday school, or are they really uh, there set up for Sunday school? Or are are the Sunday school teachers really prepared, or are they just simply reading the lesson uh, for the first time, or or maybe the second time when they come? in are the people there genuinely uh happy to see me or are they just going through the motions of coming and shaking my hand uh do people really are the people at this church really friendly or are they just uh friendly with each other and do uh, are they really genuinely friendly about uh, you know we need to think about all these questions because all of these things matter to those who are visiting. All these things matter to those who are uh, interested in, in our church possibly to find those answers. Do we have the answers? And more importantly than all those aesthetics is, do we share the things that are uh, going to answer the questions that these people might have. You know, these people are searching for the answers to the hole that's in their in their soul. Their their soul's empty. They're they're searching for uh, the Savior. Do what we sh- is are the things that we share. Do the values that we share sharing the message of Jesus Christ, or are we spending more time talking about? Uh, the latest game that was on the uh, uh, the radio or or on TV or the latest uh, thing that happened on the internet or whatever, or are we spending our time sharing those things that can really make a difference in a person's life?
You see, I came to, I don't know how I came, uh, I think someone once told me, uh, they said, you know, Walmart has a plan. They'll put a Walmart store every 30 miles. And the idea is is that within that 30-mile radius, people will drive to go to Walmart. They'll pass by all kinds of other stores because Walmart will have lower prices, more variety, more of the things that people want. And the reason that people go there is because they know that they can find the things that they're looking for. We don't have a Lowe's in our whole county or a Home Depot. We'll drive 25, 30 miles to get to Thomasville or, or Albany or Tallahassee to go to a, a Lowe's rather than go to a, a Home repair store here in our county because of the fact that we know that they have what we need. The same principle is true for our church. Doesn't matter how far people live, if we have what they need, they will drive 30, 40 miles to get here. The question is do we have what they need? Are we sharing what they need? What they need is Jesus Christ. Are we sharing that? Are we sharing uh, the love of Jesus Christ? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we truly sharing hope for people that are hopeless? Are we truly sharing the joy of Jesus Christ that comes for those who are seeking enjoyment and fulfillment in drugs and alcohol and all so many other things? Or are we just simply... Well, this is where we've been going. We just need to go to church and we'll sit there for Sunday school and we'll sit there for preaching and we'll uh, put a check mark beside our name because we did these things and we feel good about ourselves. We'll give ourselves a gold star because uh, we accomplished that, uh, the fact that we went to church. And I feel good about myself because I went to church. Or Or do we really believe the things that we... Uh, are sharing? Are we really invested in trying to meet the needs of people in our community? Or are we just simply uh, putting on airs for each other and for ourselves? If we really care about people, if we care about uh, people that need to hear the gospel message, then we'll do more than just Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We'll make sure that we take time throughout the week to visit people, to pick up a a phone and call somebody that God puts on our heart, that we'll write an email to somebody that hasn't uh, hasn't been here in a while and say, hey, we just... Emails are our uh, last generation's postcards. You know, a postcard in the mail does wonders for helping somebody know that they, that they were missed. Hey, today, an email does just as good or if not more so. Somebody will more likely see an email than throw out a, a piece of mail they think might be a, a piece of junk mail. So, you know, 
any little thing, a text, a, a phone call, a, an email, anything to share, a post on, on Facebook or Instagram or, or Snapchat about what God did for you today in church. Has God spoken to your heart? Has God blessed you? Let people know what He's done for you. If He hasn't done those things, then maybe we need to sit and have a discussion about what we're really here for. If God's not speaking to your heart today in services or in Sunday school or in the music or, or in any of the things that we've done, then maybe we need to discuss uh, what we're doing wrong. Because God ought to be speaking to our hearts. God ought to be impressing upon us. We ought to be feeling the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. And if we're not, we need to, we need to find out what's wrong. We need, to, we need to solve that piece of the puzzle so that God's speaking to our hearts and lives. And then we need to be sharing it with others. We need to be telling people that the love of Christ is, is felt in this place and that the love of Christ is, is evident here and we want people to experience it as well that are not, are not here. And he says here that children... Uh, this, this, passage, this passage of Scripture was preached to me about, I kid not, about nine to ten months before we had Isabella. And I, I, I really believe that God was preparing my heart and Robin's heart for the, the idea of, of the fact that we were going to have more than just two children, that we were going to have Isabella in our life. And, and the wonderful thing about it is, is that, that God puts within us uh, um, the joy of having a good home. Most of us here would say that we have a good Christian home at home. And the, the most important aspect of having a good Christian home is having children to share that love of Jesus Christ with, of being able to, to convey the love of Christ. And the way that God shared this passage of Scripture with me was, was at a pastor's conference uh, years before. The pastor had uh, shared this passage of Scripture, and he said, you know, uh, our churches are filled with good Christian homes, and we need to think more seriously about the fact that there are hundreds and thousands of young children that are in abused homes and they're within a system that is looking for someone to care about them, to love them, and someone to share the love of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful place, what a more wonderful place than a good Christian home is there for a child that has gone through some tremendously difficult and trying things. And that pastor was trying to share to that group of ministers that had come together for a pastor's conference that we need as churches and as pastors to reconsider the, the concept of, of just simply having our children and being done, but that we need to instead consider the idea of fostering children, of adopting children, of, of being uh, um, uh, a, a 
a place where these children that have been uh, ripped to shreds by people that are, are without Christ to being a haven for these children and, and, a, and, a, and an opportunity for these children to have good, solid Christian homes where they can hear the gospel message. And I had put that, I had gotten a, a series of all these sermons on CD, and I and and I had uh, decided that while I was riding to uh, uh, visit somebody in the hospital, I'd pick up a couple of of those sermon CDs and and throw them in the car so I could listen to them while I was riding. I lived in a place where even radio waves, it was so far out, radio waves couldn't reach us. And so I was putting those CDs in the car so I could listen to them because there's nothing worse than trying to listen to a good sermon on the radio and then it cuts out because you're so far out in the country that the radio waves can't get there. So I put those CDs in the car and I was listening to them and and I just happened to put that CD in uh, the car radio and and this uh, sermon uh, came back to me again about how God uh, had given us a a wonderful Christian home and that we needed to to be open to the idea of having another child, another uh, or uh, creating an opportunity for us to to share the love of Christ with a child. And and I began to, to... kind of pitched that idea but uh that wasn't really uh you know that was so far out for us that it was just impossible and um we didn't have the easiest time of having children to begin with we uh, robin and i were married for 12 years before we had uh, uh our cynthia and christina and that was with some help from the doctor um and he told us uh, basically listen unless you go through this whole process again you're not going to have any more children and so when i talked to robin about this she said listen it's impossible the doctor told us we uh so if we're going to do anything we need to think about maybe uh uh the possibility of adopting but we were getting to the age where that was that was getting to be something that just never happened again and uh God just did something within us that allowed us to to have well it was God you know it was God's hand that gave us uh, a third blessing of of a child uh in our home and and now we couldn't even imagine life uh without her and that's just it God it's just like um we were I was reading a passage of scripture related to the birth of Jesus Christ. And and uh, uh, Mary was saying uh, to the angel, you know, it's impossible for me to have a child. I, I've never been with a man. And the angel said, with God, nothing is impossible. And with God, nothing is impossible in our lives as well. It's not just simply for uh, those amazing things like the birth of a Savior. It's in everything in our life. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for, for God when it comes to our families, when it comes to our church. And nothing's impossible for this church as long as we trust in Him and we place our trust in Him. You believe... Look, we we all want to see God do great things here. Amen? 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 Amen. All right. 
Make sure nobody's asleep right now. We all want God to, to do a great thing here and to bless this church with a lot of people. Now what we need to do is we need to put... Okay, if God's going to do that, we need to be in the right place so that when... Let's just say that next Sunday, 50 more people come and join us for church. What would we need to do to be ready for 50 more people to join us for Sunday school and worship? Now, I'm not going to answer that question for you. I'm going to let you wrestle with that with God. But if we feel like we want God to, to increase our body of believers exponentially at Mount Olive Baptist Church, Maybe we need to start doing the things that would be necessary to be ready for when God was to bless us that way. Oh, well, we don't need to do that. We don't have 50 extra people. Well, don't you believe that nothing's impossible with God? Maybe if we start living as if we believe that nothing is impossible with God, that we'll begin to be the people that God wants for us to be, and then we'll be the type of place that people will want to come and to be here. But as long as we keep saying, well, I just don't see it. Well, I just I, I really hope and pray that God does something, but it just doesn't look good. Well, the longer we do that, the more we are expressing our disbelief that God's able to do things, uh, do the impossible, that, and we're not putting ourselves in a place to be ready for God to do those great things. The Scripture says, the children are as the arrows in the hand of a mighty man, and so are the children of the youth. And happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Happy will be our church when we're full of children that are making noise all through church, that are squirming on the seats and in the pews, that are doing all kinds of things. Listen, I love the sound of babies crying in church. I love the, uh, the sight of children that are restless in the church because it means that we have a church that has children in it, that has young people in it, that has young couples in it. And we need to get ready for God to do a great thing so that God will do a great thing. You can't express your faith that God is able to do all things if you're not getting yourself ready and we're not getting our church ready for God to bless. We need to put our faith into action. We need to get our we need to be the type of church that says, okay, we need we need Sunday school teachers for classes for all these new people. We need to be ready for it. If we have people that are ready for 50, uh, for 50 new people to come to be in, in our church, then maybe we'll have Sunday school classes that the Sunday school teachers are actually ready for the people that are here rather than just simply throwing something together at the last minute. We need to put our faith into action, put our, our, uh, our belief that God is going to do great things and our desire to see God work in our lives into action. Show God that we're ready. Show God that we want 
these things to happen. And then maybe we'll be the kind of church that will attract these people and be the kind of church that God will bless with more and more people. That we'll be the kind of people that rather than thinking about how empty our church is, we'll be thinking about all the people that we should have seen at church today and all the people that used to be in the pews next to you and all the pe- and start calling those people up, giving them texts, sending them emails, sending them a postcard. I'm going to order some postcards that has uh, a nice image of a church on it and a stock of a message from our church and what I need in y'all when we get those postcards in are people that are write a little personal note and address those cards to people that are in our community that used to come to church and we need to send those uh, cards out weekly to people that God places on our hearts so that we can express to them a desire to see them come into church and then we need men and women that will go out and visit those people and we need to take the time to invest in visiting people we need to t- take time to doing events not just at Easter time not just at vacation Bible school time but throughout the year to welcome people into our church to reach out to our community to let people know in this community that we're alive and that we're not just dead little churches that's, uh, that's holding on to a little small flame of uh, hope that something will happen but let us fan the flames of our faith and let us ignite our hearts to service for God so that we'll see God move in our community in the way that will bring in people. Amen? Amen. All right. I've put you asleep enough. You go home and go to sleep. Let's pray.